You're listening to Emmanuel Christian Center's podcast. Join us as we jump into our series called 180. One decision can change the direction of your life. A 180-degree turn sets us into a new future. Jesus really changes everything. Get ready. God is on the move. Good morning, Emmanuel. How many of you love Jesus today? You love him? Come on now. I uh, just want to give a great big shout out to all of the Emmanuel family, whether you're in Lakeville or Maple Grove or Elk River or Spring Lake Park or online. It's all one big family and we all get to love Jesus together. We're entering a brand new series today. The title of it is 180, Jesus Changes Everything. Super excited about all that's going to happen over the next number of weeks leading up to Easter. It's just right around the corner, even if it doesn't feel like it outside, right? And uh, very excited about all that's coming together. Uh, I want to start off today by talking about something my wife and I have recently done. We, we did a thing called a life plan. We went through a process called life planning, and it was a couple's life plan, and we were encouraged to think back on our life story before we plan the future, because we were going to plan out the next 10 years, and it wasn't like, you know, day by day and planning exactly what would happen. But what are the things we want to focusing in on our future. And in order to do that, we needed to look backward over our life individually and then as a couple and as a family at the high points and the low points of our story. And we were encouraged to look for something called a turning point. A turning point is a moment in your story where something significant happens and your life changes after that moment. So for us, Of course, marriage was a big moment for us. Our first son, our first child that came into the family, that changed everything because during that time, Jody had been praying before David was born and, and she felt like God wanted her to stay home from work. And that was a big deal for us because she made like the exact same amount of money as I did. So it was cutting our income in half. And we're like, all right, Lord, we're going to trust you with this. And it was a turning point where we learned that Jehovah Jireh was our provider, not our job. And, uh, and it was a big turning point. But the second and third and the fourth sons, they were all wonderful. They were amazing. They changed our life, but it wasn't a turning point as much as uh, we couldn't go out to eat anymore, right? <laughs> uh, but there were other moments in our stories. I remember at one point when I left uh, Emmanuel as a youth pastor and I went to North Central University, I changed careers, essentially. And it was during that time that God taught me something in my turning point that my calling was to his voice, not to a uniform called a job. In other words, I still followed Jesus even when I wasn't called Pastor Nate. That I, my identity wasn't in what other people saw in me. That I needed to do what God had called me to do. There was a, and that was a turning point for me because it enabled me to look into the future and filter out other opportunities through the lens of what is God saying, not just is this a step up in my career or not. Because we're called to do what he calls us to do, amen? And so, uh, and then there was a turning point like for Jody. Um, there was, she had the courage, she followed through and she ran for a public office and she was on the school board in the Spring Lake Park schools. And, and uh, um, I remember when she ran for the election and it was, it was powerful. And then for, for a good decade of my life, I was introduced as Jody Roosh's husband. So that was a big turning point in our story. And, uh, and so we would look back and we were encouraged to ask the question, when you hit a turning point, what did you learn or what changed in your story? 
You know, for you and I, I, it might be healthy for you to look back on your story, to think about those moments in your story where they were turning points. And it's healthy to think about those key moments that changed your story. Did you feel like you trusted God more after that moment, or did you trust people less? You see, a turning point can be positive or it can be painful. My first year on the job at North Central, I had a grand mal seizure, and, and I learned that I had limits, that I needed sleep. That painful thing actually turned something good in my life. I began to sleep. Some tra- have tragedies, though, where negative things come out of that point. Some of us have gone through divorce or we're children of divorce, and that can lead to insecurity after that point. We learn something that maybe wasn't true or good for us, and it became a part of our life. Or perhaps a loved one has died, and the deep grief plunges people into darkness, and you don't know how to get out of it, and that becomes a turning point in your story. Abuse can turn a person into someone that you can't trust anyone because of the hurt that you have in your life, or worse, you become an abuser yourself. A mistake that people have or made in their life. How many of you have made mistakes in your life? (laughs) Oh, man. But it's amazing to me how many people I run into and every single week at church that somewhere in their life, they're teenagers or they're adults, and they made a serious mistake, but the shame that they put on their own life prevents them from positively looking into the future. Those turning points have a big impact on our life. And here's the amazing good news about this series that we're going into. When Jesus enters anyone's story, everything changes. See, Jesus cares about people. He cares about you and he cares about your neighbors and he cares about your friends. Turn to the person next to you and say, he cares about you. And for this series, we're going to look at real people that had an encounter with Jesus and it changed everything. Real people in the Bible and real people from our church. I think this would be a great series for you to invite your friends to come to church with you. People that want to hear some good news, opportunities, real stories in people's lives. In fact, I want you to hear the story of Raul, one of our youth leaders in Emmanuel Youth, as he was sharing a story with the, the teenagers, and I thought, I want that one for Sunday morning too. Watch Raul's story. Going into high school was really tough, especially from having to move from Mexico to the United States, and not just that, just kind of doing that transition kind of by myself, just kind of like my brother here and, and myself here. It was those times where I, I felt like I was just around loneliness the whole time and I just felt like alone the whole time. It was in those situations where I was trying to find answers in many different areas. And by this, I mean, just what are some things and where I can help myself not to be lonely? I chose to be around people who maybe didn't bring uh, the best out of me. Maybe people who didn't like speak life into me. Try to surround myself into those areas in life and where I was just trying to focus and trying so hard to just fit in into a group of people that maybe wasn't the right fit for me. I remember coming one day to church by myself. I was a sophomore in high school. 
And I remember Pastor Nate preaching one time. And when he was preaching, he mentioned, um, touch to the person next to you. But that's when I got even more sad because I was just sitting there by myself. I closed my eyes and I bowed my head and I just started praying in that moment. And in that moment's when this family came from behind me and they put their hands on my shoulder. And that's when I, I really knew that God was there with me through those tough moments in life. And starting from there is just identifying myself in Christ and just knowing that I'm a follower of Jesus. It's really knowing that I'm going to get through every single challenge and problem in life through all those dark moments with, with God. Because He is the one who knows your story. He is the one, the plans that He has for you. And He is the one who knows why you're going through what you're going through. So I really encourage you students to find your identity in Christ. So in that way, you don't have to go out in the world searching for answers, searching to identify yourself in all these different groups of people. When you have God there who is there with you through every single moment, through every single step, and he is the one who's going to get you through everything. I love that story because we're all a part of the 180 in people's lives. And Jesus is still touching and reaching out to and connecting with people. When I think of the stories in the Bible, the one I want to look at today is found in John chapter 4. If you go there with me in your Bibles or on your Emmanuel MN app, we've got the, the scripture laid out there. Jesus walks up to a woman at a well. And it says in verse 3, so he, Jesus, left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Now let me pause here, and I'm going to pause throughout this text as we read through it. There's a moment where Jesus is, you read the Gospels, he's moving all over the place. And he's moving from one place to the next. But it says very specifically in this text that Jesus had to go through Samaria. He had to take a pathway there. Now, that was a road that Jews didn't ordinarily take because Jews would actually go around Samaria. There was a, they, they were kind of religious cousins, but they didn't talk to each other. They were Packers and Vikings. I don't know, you know, I'm trying to come up with like a parallel in the scripture to that. The, the reality was is that they were literally go around them. It was as if they were going north to south. And they would go around the Twin Cities. So if you think about, if I'm coming down from Duluth and I want to go down to Iowa and I take 35 down and then the highway split and you got 35E and 35W and then you come down through those two downtowns. Instead of going through downtown, the Jews would go around 694 and 494 loops. They would avoid the cities altogether. They didn't want to touch the city. That's how people normally traveled. And yet Jesus said he had to go through Samaria. He chose to go meet with people. And that's what he does with us. When you look at it, Jesus comes into our lives. We think that he goes around us like everybody else, but he's looking for you and he's intentionally coming your way. Look at the next verse. It says, eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Joseph's 
who, or Jesus, who was tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. So he sits down at this well. It's outside of the town. And he sits down at this well. But Jesus is setting something up because he's sitting and waiting for someone that he already knows is coming. He knew the pattern of this woman who would come to the well. He knew when she would come and he was going to be there on time. How many know Jesus is always on time? Then verse 7, it says, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. So this is a woman and a Samaritan, both of whom were off limits for Jews to speak to. And Jesus meets her at a time when she doesn't expect anyone to talk to her. She goes at the highest point of heat in the day when no one else is going to the well. And there are reasons for that, that she goes there, but she doesn't expect Jesus. Most of us don't expect Jesus to interrupt our stories either. But I got good news for you during this series and leading up to Easter. I think God wants to interrupt a whole bunch of people's stories. And Jesus makes first contact. He comes after you. This is the way it always is. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He came after you. You don't get perfect and then Jesus talks to you. You don't get holy and then Jesus comes your way. No, Jesus comes after you when you're at your worst. How many know Jesus died for you before you chose him? And when it comes to your own reality, when you're thinking about the prospect that maybe God would meet with you. Don't think I got to get things right before I give him an opening to speak to me. So this woman, she is surprised that Jesus would talk to her. What does the next verse say? The woman was surprised for Jews. Usually I put the word usually in there, refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Mm. So Jesus is now going to take her from what she sees to a whole nother reality. All she knows is what's in front of her. Perhaps she's gone there every day for years and years and years and years. She's not expecting anything different with her future. All she knows is natural things. Water, she's drawing water, and she's going to go back. And Jesus begins to say, no, 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 no. If you really understand what's going on right now, you are, uh, this is your moment, girl. There's something really cool that is about to happen. All you can think about is the natural things, but I'm going to dump the supernatural on you. There's a type of water that you've never experienced before. Maybe you've experienced religion. Maybe you've experienced good times. Maybe you've had good education. Maybe there's good things that have happened in your story. But you have never experienced what Jesus has to offer. And he begins to talk to her and he shares this. And, and the woman misreads Jesus. She's looking at him and she's like, yeah. She misreads who he is. She doesn't get it yet. How many of you that it took a little while for you to understand who Jesus is? At first, she kind of dismissed him. 
I remember uh, when I first met Jody, and I was a youth leader, and she was a youth leader at Emmanuel back in the fall of 1991. I remember I met her. I was a bachelor to the rapture at this point. I didn't care. I was never going to get married. I was just going to follow Jesus. And she was a new youth leader. Her and her identical twin were always together. And, uh, and I was hanging out with teenagers, and I didn't hang out with youth leaders. I hung out with the teenagers. And back in those days, I was into hip-hop and rap before everybody else was. And so I would kind of, I was acting uh, with, uh, with the music, and I was bouncing with it. And she saw me at one of our connect groups, and she saw me, she thought, he's weird. But she didn't know who she thought was weird was going to be her husband. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? The woman at the well didn't really understand the full um, reality of what was about to hit her. She didn't even see who Jesus was. In fact, the woman gets a little sarcastic with Jesus. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, this is where she gets sarcastic. The woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Yeah. All right, show it to me. If it's so spectacular, then I won't have to do this anymore, she's basically saying. So Jesus lets her know that he knows what's inside of her. She's sarcastic with him, so he's going to up his game. Oh, you don't know who I am? So what does he do? He gets into her personal business, her inner world of pain, filled with turning points that have led to this moment of loneliness. And he reveals he knows the worst part of her story. She's had five husbands, plus the man she was living with wasn't her husband. So Jesus says to her when she was sarcastic, go and get your husband. Jesus told her, I don't have a husband. The woman replied, and Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands. You aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Jesus knows how the circumstances of a relationship lead to a place of loneliness. We don't know the circumstances that this woman went through. Some might think of her as somebody that's a really bad person. But in the society of that day, women didn't get the benefit of the doubt. She might have had a bad first husband. She might have been mistreated multiple times. But what we do know is the result of her turning points is, is that she's alone, drawing water at the hottest part of the day by herself. And we know that she doesn't trust anyone. In fact, she now figures Jesus is a representative of religion and begins to point out what she doesn't like about religion. So even though he points out who she is and has supernatural knowledge about her, she's still not ready to trust him. She begins to talk about different places of worship. Oh yeah, well, religion is all screwed up. Some people, the Jews say you gotta worship in Jerusalem. Samaritans say we worship in Gerizim. And how's that working for me? You know, there are a lot of people today 
who have a problem with religion. They don't trust churches. They don't trust preachers. They don't trust Christians, just like this woman. In their pain and in their loneliness, they're going, I don't know if I can trust anybody that's speaking to me from the church. But just like this woman, they haven't met Jesus yet. Come on. Because it's not about the institution. It's not about the building. It's not about the TV shows. It's not about all the programmed religion. It's about Jesus. Jesus changes everything. This woman was about to see that Jesus was more than religion. Verse 24, for God is spirit, Jesus says. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. See, what she says is, listen, I've heard some things from religion and they talk about the promises and the hope and the release and the freedom. They talk about the peace that's possible. But all the people that are talking about it, I don't see it on their faces. And they haven't been able to share that with me. But the Messiah of the Old Testament that was talked about, this hero figure that would come and save the people from their sins, this Messiah would change, could possibly change my life. Every other man I've ever known couldn't change my life. In fact, the men I've known I can't trust because they've hurt me. That's what she's saying. You know, there's a lot of people today they can acknowledge truth and they can know that Jesus is, is God. They might even have some religious background to them. But wherever they're at, and perhaps wherever you're at right now, I want you to hear the good news this morning. That Jesus, the Messiah, can step into your life and he alone can give you peace. He alone can put your broken pieces back together again. You don't have to be alone anymore because of Jesus. And he says, listen, there's a switch going on. We're not just going to be about the geography or the location anymore. People that are going to worship and connect with God are going to do it in spirit and in truth. And there's a whole huge boatload of theology wrapped up in that that I won't go into today other than to say this. This generation of all generations needs spirit and in truth. They need the truth because, listen, they're making up their own truth and it's wrecking their lives. Everybody's making up what's right in their own eyes and it's not working. The end result of the pathway of what's right in my own eyes is pain and loneliness and brokenness and disappointment. You watch as we unleash on a whole generation of young people. Make up your identity however you want to do it. And it sounds so cool and so freeing in the moment until 15 years later and they're alone. No, no, no. There's truth. There's eternal truth. The word of God is truth. It may not be popular all the time anymore, but it is the truth that we need. But if all we get is just the truth and we don't understand the spirit part of it, the reality that there is a living, loving God that can make you brand new. Jesus said that we can be born again of the Spirit. 
The Spirit can come into a person's life and transform us. It's not just knowledge that transforms you. It's not just the rules that keep you clean. It's the power of a living God that will come into anybody's story. You want to talk about a turning point. It's not just going to be your graduation from whatever university you graduate from. It's not just going to be that, that new TED Talk that you just listened to. It's not going to be that, 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 that experience that you got when you were looking at Wikipedia. Come on. No, no, no. What will transform you is when the living God meets you and you are made born again. Then you look at the truth and it becomes so real to you that you have to embrace more of it. And then you will be set free. And of course, later on, Jesus said, the one that the Spirit sets free is free indeed. This generation needs truth. Now, all of this story about this woman at the well, I can only try to describe it to you verbally, but I want to share with you a clip this morning, a much better way to tell the story. And the chosen TV series shares this story in such a powerful way. I want you to turn your attention to the screen and watch the story of Jesus meeting the woman at the well. Would you give me a drink? Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon in the heat. You have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper he's looking for. Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? 
I am rejected by others. I know. But not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon, just the heart. <laughs> you promise. I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> You forgot your um. Isn't that powerful? This was her 180. This was her turning point where Jesus changes everything. Jesus shares what she already knows in her inner world. He tells her facts about her life. But his kindness led to her repentance. Romans chapter 2 verse 3 says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Listen, she runs back to the village and she shares the news. Says the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could it possibly be the Messiah? And so the people came streaming from the village to see him. You see that the shame of her past couldn't stop her from stepping into the future. This transformation is so powerful, so liberating, so hopeful that the woman loses her shame about her past and runs to share the good news with everyone. When you and I lose our shame of who we used to be, there is a turning point and we become a confident individual ready to share about the hope that's within us. Let me talk about your 180. Jesus will interrupt your pattern. The places where you live outside the walls. This wasn't in a church. This was outside the church. He'll meet you at work. He'll meet you at your school. He'll meet you in the garage. Come on, guys. He may, he may meet you where you've withdrawn from the rest of society. You've pulled away from relationships because of your pain and the turning points of your story. He'll meet you where you are. Can you believe for God to bring a 180 moment to your life? What about the people in your life? People you know who won't come to church yet. Don't want to talk about God. People outside need to see who Jesus really is. Can you believe with me for a 180 moment for their life? I'm believing for our city, friends. I'm believing that it's not just church people that are encountering Jesus. 
And it's not just people transferring from one church to the other that churches grow with. But I'm believing for people who don't have any relationship with Jesus right now, for him to meet them where they're at. I want you to begin to believe with me as a church for the people in your workplace, the people in your family who are away from God, to believe that God can do anything in their story. I believe that this Easter season, the power of the message of Jesus' death and resurrection is going to come alive in new ways. He's going to go out of his way to meet people at their wells. The well could be your home, it could be at work, or it could be at the bar. And Jesus isn't offended by your past, he sees your future. And we're walking into a brand new season, Emmanuel. A season where the soil of people's hearts are changing. People are open to the eternal truth. The world is failing them. Nobody can trust anybody's information right now. Why not go back to the eternal word of God? The unchanging truth of God's word. People are open to receiving that truth. And their answers aren't coming in a way that just brings peace from outside the church, outside of Jesus. But Jesus will bring peace to them. Are you open to God starting a 180 in your life today? Will you stop and listen to his voice? Will you believe for an awakening of spirit and truth in your life? Will you respond to Jesus and the life that he wants to give you? Listen, I want you to know that God is going to do that not only for those that are away from Jesus, but he wants to do that in the church. Maybe he met you years ago in your turning point, but it's been a long time since your eyes welled up with tears as the master was speaking to you. Maybe it's been a long time since the truth of God's word welled up within your heart. Maybe it's been a long time since you could worship in spirit and in truth. And I'm just saying, Jesus isn't done interrupting your pathway. He wants to speak to every woman, every man, every age category, whether you know him and have walked with him for a long time or today is your first day to receive Jesus. You can know him. And today can be a turning point for all of us. Can I get an amen to that? I'd like you to stand on all of our locations today. We're going to take time to worship, to talk to Jesus. I'm going to pray for you. And then the worship teams are going to, are going to pray. And our pastors will come up and give you an opportunity at the end of the service for prayer as well. But I want to take this moment right now just to consider all of your story. Take a moment, and if you were writing out the turning points of your life, and you were to walk through the last 20 years of your story, what would be in your story? And consider that perhaps today, this could be the beginning of another turning point for you. I don't know what that means. I just know that Jesus changes everything. And if you give him an opportunity to talk to you at your well, if you give him an opportunity to speak to you, he's going to go directly. And he already knows all the real information about you. He knows your mistakes. He knows what's going on. He knows our shame. And he's not afraid. And he's stepping into our story. And today, you can know the freedom that we saw on that woman's face. 
in the dance of leaving the water on the ground and going to tell the good news to her, her city. You can know that kind of joy when you just release your life to the Lord. If you've never walked with Jesus and you've never had a relationship with him, you can pray and you can receive Jesus today. You can do it. At the end of the service, we're going to have prayer. and You can just say, hey, yeah, this is my day to do that. Or maybe you've walked away from Jesus and it's time for you to come home. Stop living in between. It's a painful place to be living in the middle of a road. Knowing the truth, but living a different way and you get hit by traffic going in both directions. That's a painful place to be. Today, maybe it's time to come back to Jesus and go, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to live in two worlds anymore. I'm going to surrender to Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, you and I can begin to say, Lord, would you open up my eyes so I can see Jesus in a different way? So I can see Jesus outside of church? So I can see and have a vision for the people in my story? That I can have a love for people that are away from him? There's a reason people are sarcastic and bitter. There's a reason that people resist religion. But listen, I'm not worried about their resistance to religion. I want them to meet Jesus. Because once they meet Jesus, everything changes. Come on, somebody. So as we begin to think about this series, this story, where we're moving, I want to call the church to just say, God, I want you to speak to me. Let this be a turning point in my life. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out EmmanuelCC.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into a community, or join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to continue to do. The best is yet to come.